Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Generation Podcast. This is Daryl. And this is Mark. How is everyone? How are you? How are y'all? How is y'all doing? How is? How is? How is? How is y'all doing? How y'all be? These are the questions. These are the questions that need to be answered. (laughs) (laughs) And we will get those answers in episode 19. Episode 19 in this bitch. (laughs) We are one episode closer to 20. One episode closer to the uh, monumental 20th anniversary. No. 20th episode. Episode. Right. You know, that's really sad. I'm already planning our 20th anniversary anniversary vacation. Okay. I like that. Uber planner here. That's the way to do it. So that's where my head is. So nobody's going to surprise you on the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you had plans on surprising me. But... We'll, we'll try. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll try to surprise you, but eh, we'll see you. We'll see We're ready to get this 20th episode done with. Right. But for now. Yeah. Episode 19. Episode 19. Welcome, everyone. I hope everyone is doing okay. We've had a crazy week. Yes. Yeah. We've, it's been an interesting week in the uh, pop culture world. In everything. In everything. Like, world nice. worldwide. It's Pop-tutory. just been... Yes. Alternate just been, universe. Yes. Definitely. It does feel like that. I feel like it is. There's, a, there's definitely a strong uh, parallel dimension vibe going on depending on on, uh, on what you read absolutely and uh, two suicides yes this week hit the world hit America pretty hard especially the creative world yeah I think yeah Kate Spade condolences to her family mm-hmm. and uh, and Anthony Bourdain and Anthony Bourdain <coughs> Um, we'll speak a little bit more about that later on in the show absolutely interesting thing um, that folks have learned about Anthony uh, yeah. This week, um, also comic book author. Yeah. So um, a lot of people didn't know that. That you know, a, a very interesting life um, for on both sides, really. Absolutely. For for Kate Spade, um, you know, coming from journalism mm-hmm. to creating a brand that had that much impact. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Absolutely. And so they're they're both monumental losses. But, but actually, if these people were not famous, they'd still be tremendous losses to right. the people who love them. So absolutely. Uh, yes, that's pretty good. Our condolences heavy. to the family and the friends and the mentees and partners yeah. and uh, everyone who uh, came in contact with those people on a daily basis, knew them personally. Uh, we send our love and condolences to you. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. What else is going on? It's been crazy. It has been. Dennis um, Rodman. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. I'm trying to stay neutral. I'm trying to stay in the middle of the I want to talk about Dennis Rodman. Rodman is a fascinating dude. I mean... And one of the most influential people on the planet. In all this political conversation, we hear about Dennis Rodman kind of like a hit. You know, it's like, oh, you might have dinner with Dennis Rodman. (laughs) Like, what? By the way. But, you know, all this stuff is going on. And it's like, and by the way. Right. And it's Dennis Rodman because it's him. It's not like, you know, and right. and Scottie Pippen is also out doing similar things in Africa. This is <laughs> this is Dennis Rodman. It's like wow. It's a like, fascinating that, that's what makes it so like alternate universe. But like here's my thing. I would like to know mm-hmm. how did Dennis and Kim meet? Like were they And Kim Jong un. 
Kim Jong-un. You got to be specific these days, which Kim you're talking about. True, because Kim Kardashian is doing her thing. Another, obviously, highly influential person on, on the world stage. Who knew? Apparently so. Right. Who knew? But Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. how did he and Dennis Rodman become friends? Like, that's some really unlikely shit. Like, were they at a party? <laughs> Did their parents introduce them? Wait, I need to know like, the party know. in which right, Dennis but, Rodman right. and Kim Jong-un right. are like, hey, do you guys know each other? Is oh, this the Pamela but... Anderson era? Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, hmm. when did these two, like, like, you know, how do you make that connection? It's like, you know who's an interesting person I'd like to meet? You know, Dennis Rodman. Dennis like, Rodman practicing and he's just like I'd really like to meet Kim Jong Un and did he like reach out to him like hey and then your phone rings and it's Kim Jong Un did he text message him did he DM him like what how what happened you're not gonna believe a DM from Kim Jong Un I don't know anymore we're in the alternate universe we are you know I would just like to know the deets of how Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong Un get to the place in 2018 where at the G7... No, it's not the G7. G7 was in Canada. Oh, at the... Um, this is the Singapore summit. At the Singapore summit. Right. Where the reporter is like, yeah, and then he might have dinner with Dennis Rodman. Right. Next, like, I need to know, <laughs> like... And we're in a world where we're just like, uh-huh. Right, and we're like, uh-huh. Uh-huh, Dennis right. Rodman, sure. That this brother, like Dennis Rodman, like... Yeah. I don't know. Well, not just some dude, right? Right. Like, it's not like this kid who used to do security for Drake. This is like the leading, a record holder, leading the NBA in assists. A man who married himself. After Carmen Electra. Right. This is a dude. Did I get Carmen Electra mixed up with Pam? Pam You probably did, but it's fine. I said Pam Anderson. Yeah. But it was Carmen Electra. It's Carmen Electra. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got them mixed up. But my point is, right. was it was it the Carmen Electra era? Like, at what was it? Did, you know, like were they friends? Did Carmen know him? Right. And like, was just like, I can't out? take him like, down I don't, no I more. Don't know. Like, I want, I want. Huh? That is an autobiography, like a real autobiography. Like, like when well, Dennis he has Rodman, an autobiography. But I'm saying no. I'm talking about when he does his Quincy Jones autobiography. I want to see that. Wow. One. Yeah. I want to read that. That's one. fascinating. Yeah. And that'll be actually hella relevant for us. So whoever, whichever one of you publicists at the publishing company gets that, just send it. Right. Just send it. We'll read it. Yeah. So I want to read. I want to read that autobiography. I want to know like. So you you're like the you want to know the post basketball years of Dennis Rodman. Yes. Okay. I'm with that. I I, know. All I want to know is under what circumstances did you meet Kim Jong Un? Maybe our maybe our listeners know, and I don't. Maybe. maybe it's just maybe it's something that's common knowledge, and I just don't know. And or or maybe he's know, one. Yeah, if you guys know, you know, hit me up. Right? How did how did Kim and Dennis meet? Yeah, just at Sci-Fi Generation on Twitter. Like, let me know. I'm always there. So, yeah, just let me know. Like, I may not, you know, it may be common knowledge how they met, but I don't know it. And so there's that. Right. So now the. Um, they're at the. Uh, so now they're in Singapore. The thing before at Singapore. Right. That's what they're they're doing now. That's cool. I think. Yeah. I and by the way, guys, I don't feel well today. I don't know if you could tell. I'm being held up by pillows and propped up by the wall. <laughs> <coughs> You're either coming down with something or coming out of something. I'm coming. 
Now the interesting thing is you are a you're not a big medicine person. I'm not you. You make me take medicine. I I am. I'm a medicine. You drug me up. Person. I do not hashtag, drug you up. Hashtag no integrity. Right. Grace. Right. No you will not get the. <laughs> you will not get the true crime podcast community. <laughs> Tracking me down. The true crime podcast community I is going to be like. So sh- did you remember an episode? Right. What was it? Nineteen when she right. said that he drugged her up. Right. Obviously, that's what happened. I was like, no, she was ninety. It wasn't you know, leave that at my, all. Leave my true crime people alone. But um, but yeah. So I don't like. I'm not. A so you're not at 100 percent. No. Right now, and and you won't take medicine. And I don't think that I'm at the place where I need to take medicine yet. The beginning is the time where you take the medicine. It's because you want to knock it out. Like, why suffer through the cold until it's like, oh, okay, this is unbearable. I can't breathe. Because now give me something. Yeah. this is a science podcast. Right. Because scientifically... <laughs> if we can move to that. You're just suppressing the symptoms of the cold. So you might as well, if you can take it, just ride the symptoms out because you're not getting rid of the cold by taking the medication. You're not. You're just, you're just knocking the, out the sniffles yeah, just, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're just suppressing the symptoms. So if my symptoms are not, like, horrific... You know, I'm not, like, hacking, coughing or anything. I don't have a fever. I just feel a little achy. Okay. And my, my throat is a little sore. See? And I that's, feel see, tired. See? But medicine's not really going to help a whole lot of that. See? I can. You know what medicine I'm going to take? What? Rum and tea and, and honey and brandy. That's medicine. In ancient days, <laughs> that was the medicine. <laughs> That's my Rum was the elixir of the gods. That's right. So I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to keep making my hot toddies. And then if it gets bad or if I feel congestion in my chest or something like that. Then I can give you the medicine? Then you can give me the medicine. Woo! Hashtag no Cosby. Right. Then I can just give you actual cold remedies. Yeah, you can give it to me in my hand. <laughs> Don't grumble it in your drink. <laughs> man, oh, oh man. This is the oh, world where God this is where we are. Yeah, this is where we are in, in society where these are things you have to tell people. Yeah, like I have to prerequisite that my husband's giving me medicine for cold. <laughs> for a cold, he wasn't trying to poison me. To no, death. not poison just... me. Nothing like that. Hashtag no health insurance murder. Nothing like that. No health insurance murder. No. What no else life is going insurance. On? Murder. Life insurance, not health insurance. See, it's all just a big blur. <laughs> <laughs> going on? What have you been watching on Netflix? Um, I've tried to watch some stuff on Netflix. I haven't... um, This has been a bad week for me to catch up on stuff on Netflix. You have been incredibly busy. Yeah. Like, we've had, like, mom-dad stuff. It's the end of the school year. End of the school year. Kids here in the northeastern states. Right. I think the uh, students in the northeastern states are still... They still have to the end of the month. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. our our teenager had finals, so it was finals week, and... uh, and all the kids were studying, and we were carting him back and forth, tutor this, friends that. Um, epic graduation party the other night. Ooh. One of his friends as a senior. Yes. Epic graduation. Shout out to the kids at AK. Mm-hmm. AKHS. Yeah. At Red, uh, shut it down at Red Diamond. <laughs> Shout out to the kids at Audrey Kell High School in Valentine, 2000, class of 2018. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> That's probably why your throat is sore. Because <laughs> I was part Because you were right. Because you were stomping with these kids. You were really that was too I much. I was auntie in the corner. You was. You were. I don't dance now. I mean, <laughs> see, that's, see. I was like, oh shit, what 
The kids were like, Auntie Varga, over in the corner. Right, over there. I was like, no, But it was an epic party. That was. That and that's was cool. really good. And um, so shout out to not only just the kids in Audrey Kell, but every single senior on the planet, every single uh, American child that is graduating high school is such a beautiful rites of passage for you all. Yep. Some of you made it by the skin of your teeth. Barely. Y'all are like, woo! I got that one point. Shout out to you guys. That's stressful too. Shout out to you uh, young people who got scholarships, who are going to college, who are going straight to work, who, um, you know, deciding that they might need to help out at home or whatever. Like, you know, whatever it is, you guys did it. Like, you made it through high school. And congratulations, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. You guys enjoy your summer. Uh, Don't stress out. Life you know, it's, it works out. It's fine. Right. Cool. It, it really does work out. It really out. does. Yeah. Just cool. Just chill out. And I don't think we have to tell millennials and Gen Z not to not No. To stress yeah. Out. You They're guys good. just chill out. But enjoy your summer because you deserve it. High right. school is a beast, man. Yep. It is. Yeah. Respect on that. Um, and then oh, for... Respect. <laughs> so there's so there's that. I have... I, I still have a... Hashtag Margo's got a cold. Margo's sick. Uh, I got a stack of books I got to get through. Yeah, we keep getting a lot of books. You guys, thanks for sending us the books. Yes. Like, uh, it's a lot. It's so a lot. We, but we appreciate it. Yep. Um, nothing like a great science fiction summer read. Yep. So we definitely appreciate you sending us all your books. Um, but, you know, I, I'd like to make a personal request of our listeners. Uh-oh. What's that? Yeah, I'd like, you know, send us some screenplays, too. Okay, so, so now... I'm already am got I a bunch of books. People, am I getting people in trouble? And now we're about to read, get this I, many I like screenplays? Reading, I like reading screenplays. Okay. I do. So, you know, if you have a screenplay, I mean, it's not like I have connections or anything, but I can't help you. I know people. I don't know nobody. I, get this made. I don't know a goddamn person to get your movie made. But <laughs> I have a website right. <laughs> that I can, you know, be like, hey, you know. But no, I like screenplays too. So for summer reading, don't hesitate to send us like, screenplays and oh i love a good short story so the short the short yeah. story with well we'll do an announcement soon about short stories and yeah stuff you can like send that. me a link yep. to the twitter inbox because um i like a good short story but the people who are sending us books like shout out and i think daryl what do you think about like um maybe once a month because we only record twice right so maybe like one episode we like shout out a book that we like. That well, we yeah, like. we're gonna incorporate the book reviews into the show. Yeah, that'll be cool. And uh, and then uh, depending on who the authors are that we're gonna start talking to, once we get through this pile, um, you know, we may get some readings out this piece. That would be great. Which would be nice. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. So yeah, yeah. so if you guys are interested, and I know a couple, I I, I can almost. Name the three people who are already listening to this right now, but like, oh, because good, because I know I just sent you the book. <laughs> exactly um, right, guys. We got yes, you. Yes, we, we got you. We got you. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, so there's that. So there's yeah. so there's a bunch of books to get through. Summertime is the best time um, to knock yeah. through these science fiction books. Yeah, I sit out by the pool and relax. Yep. I'm not supposed to have alcoholic beverages at the pool, but I sneak <laughs> in there. I hope that my leasing agent, leasing department, isn't listening to this. Right. But yeah, so it's my favorite thing to do. Like, I like to sit by the pool and read a nice book and work on my tan. Okay, that's the, <laughs> that's the walk to the pool for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
soak in some vitamin D. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it's really, it's, so keep sending us the books is the whole point. You absolutely. Guys. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, summertime is upon us, <laughs> officially. Excuse me. So, as I was saying, so we got the pool action, we're going to read through the books, um, and of course there's some stuff that you can catch up on Netflix and, and, and streaming services, and that's fantastic. Um, what have you been watching on Netflix? That's where we digress. That is where we digress. So and you know our you know our listeners, they need our Netflix feedback. So interestingly enough, what I've learned what I have learned this past week, mm-hmm. as of June first, is how many people did not go see Thor Ragnarok in theaters. A little really? surprising. A little surprising because the people who responded, you know, our Black Panther show is one of the most popular shows that we've done. Yeah. So Marvel, you know, people are Marvel fans. Right. Um, and then people, you know, equally were really excited about and talked about Infinity War. Mm-hmm. It was, a, you know, that ending people are still talking about till today. Right, right. So I think that uh, Thor Ragnarok is such an important thing to see sort of before you see both of those movies mm-hmm. that now that it's on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Really? Um, it is one of the most fun of the Marvel movies. What it makes is, it so great? So the performances are great. Do too. It is one of the more one of the more science fictiony of the Marvel movies. Really? Yeah. And um, like with uh, other planets and stuff, like it's not so much Earthbound. Okay. Um, so it's a Thor movie. So it stars Chris Hemsworth. Um, you know, he brings his brother back, Loki. It also stars Jeff Goldblum, who's amazing in this. Really fun to watch. Tess, Tessa Thompson, who, I, who could really just read Mary Had a Little Lamb and will love it. Really? But in this, she really, really kind of takes off. So I, I think that Thor Ragnarok is not just not just one of the more fun movies altogether, mm-hmm. but if you are new to the Marvel Universe, if you're like, you know, okay, enough. Everybody's talking about this. I want to get into it. Highly, highly, highly recommend Thor Ragnarok. It's one of the most fun. It also, um, it ties in Doctor Strange in a fun way in the beginning. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And so if you've seen Doctor Strange and then you've seen the post credit scenes of Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. that's actually a scene from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, cool. So this is actually, so it's it's one of the more fun things I've seen on, uh, it's, it's one of the most enjoyable of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies because it doesn't take itself so seriously. Okay. And um, I think that that's just, everybody just brought their A game, including the director. It's just uh, it's just a lot of fun. So, okay. highly recommend that. Um, beyond Netflix and beyond stuff that you're reading, there's a bunch of stuff to do. And that would be? Uh, sci-fi-wise. Well, let's start with this. As we record this, uh, E3 is about to start in Los Angeles. Okay. This is the entertainment. How's it looking this year? It's looking good. Okay. Uh, depending on what <laughs> what company you work for. Um, so E3 is a video, big video game expo. For those of you who are sort of new to that, it stands for Electronic Entertainment Expo. That's the three E's in E3. Mm-hmm. So every year, it's in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Convention Center, and it they've got new tech um, and game titles, and they're and every studio reveals their stuff in a big show. Um, this stuff is also, uh, you can see it on Twitch, um, and I'm sure on YouTube as well. So you don't need to necessarily be there, but being there is a great experience. I love when I get the opportunity to go there. Um, it's a lot of fun. VR is a big part of this year's show. Okay. Right? As it was for the, for the past few years. So virtual reality gaming is, virtual reality is just a fast-growing segment of the entertainment and media space in general. Mm-hmm. But for gaming, it's becoming really, really huge. Cool. 
for that reason, <laughs> Sony is the probably the um, the uh, the press conference I'm looking forward to the most because PlayStation 4's VR sort of tie-in is one of the most fun. So uh, the game titles that they've released, that sort of thing. I'm not sure what Xbox has planned. Um, that's that expo is about that press conference is about to start in a minute as we record this, mm-hmm. um, and so we'll. Um, you know, we'll recap that at the end of to, at the end of today. But Xbox is declining in popularity with the cool kids, so they've got a lot to prove. After E3, here in uh, Charlotte, is Heroes Con, which is one of the greatest comic cons in the Southeast. Shout it's out to Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right, y'all. Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. It is so much fun, Heroes Con. It really is. Artists come out. People the community comes out and yeah. Is that the place people can't go to the bathroom? <laughs> right. But you can at the convention center. You can at the convention center. You're good. Um, yeah. And and it, the great thing about Heroes Con is like you don't need superstars to come. Right. Um, like Stan Lee comes and it's just like, oh, cool. I was going anyway and now Stan Lee is here. So yeah, this is good. it's a great local event. We've been right. going for all, like off and on for the past 12 years. Yep. Um, I think we've had way more on than off. I yeah. think we've only missed like Two? maybe... maybe I'm going to be generous and say four, but that's a stretch. Probably. I feel like that's a stretch. Yeah, we probably weren't in town. We weren't in town or, for whatever reason, something, you know. Right, conflicts, yeah. Conflict or something like that. So that's the 13th through the 15th here in Charlotte. And then. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, like, you should definitely. You um, must. You should definitely hit it up. Yep, you must. Just swing through. We'll be there. we will be we'll there. We'll sort of be there on Friday. Well, the, One of the us. teenagers right. will be there on Friday with <laughs> One his of friends. Us. And then uh, we'll and be And we'll represent on Saturday. Yeah. And, I, have and to start, I have to start dressing again. I don't dress anymore. I was just going to say, you'll know us because Margot is the one surrounded by cameras. No. And small children. No, not this year. Not this year? Maybe, you know... It's just way. I just. It's a lot though. Yeah, I haven't done. Isn't it a lot of pressure now that you've done? Isn't that fun? Like, isn't yes. that, isn't it true though that I always say like not always, but there's been years I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not dressing. And but then, then the, the show must before, go on. I'm yes. All night long. Yes, we'll do a makeup. Last Fixing hems. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. we're going. Well, you know what it is. I have a concept for for a. Um, her costume. See? So that is, there was two, right? So mm-hmm. I was supposed to go as, um, uh, look, that's how far long it's been since I started. <laughs> since I working on it. My mind is not working on it. The magician. Oh, Zatanna. Zatanna. Right. Yes. You wanted me to do that really bad. I, I, I you know, I think you've got the legs for it. It's fantastic. I just, I'm, I'm signed up for that all day. I think you're a little biased. I am. But, but no, I'm not right. really, because the lady that met me said she wanted me to See? remember? She See? was like, you should do it. See? You should do it. And she wasn't just trying and, to sell you fishnets. Uh, she do, meant it. I do good with uh, plus-sized characters. Okay. Like making them plus-sized. Like taking the character and then doing a plus-sized version of it. And it, All right. I, 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 I've always felt like that character, I could do really well from a, yes. a plus-size and, and black girl perspective. Yes. So I've always felt that. But it has to be done right, and that's why like, I keep procrastinating okay well it's also i bought tights one time right and just they sat in the closet for like forever and i wound up giving them away the hat also is a part of the thing that that's part of it like i have not found the perfect hat yeah because my hat has to be a little bit funkier 
Yeah. So you gotta have like the Cree summer top hat. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it also have to, it has to work well with my locks. So the lock issue is it's not an issue, but the locks have to be done a particular way. Yeah. To make it all work. So people yeah. people are waiting and will wait until yeah. you until you are comfortable. Right. So I, I I I might get real serious about that. That's cool. For Dragon Con maybe. For dra- which is also good, not to be totally biased. Dragon Con Atlanta is also a lot of fun. Yeah, I might do that. Um, anyway, so I digress because yeah. that's a really good idea. It got me going again. Yeah, now you're sketching stuff. Now I'm, right now I'm thinking. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's a, that's something I can revisit. Yep. Well, that's cool. Yeah. After E3, here on the East Coast, there is Alien Con mm-hmm. in Pasadena on the fifteenth. This is, uh, I want to say, one of the biggest alien cons that they've thrown since they've started throwing this. Right. Um, the guest list is huge. Um, everybody from, like, David Duchovny <laughs> to, like, Gates McFadden, uh, who played um, Dr. Crusher on Star Trek Next Generation. Right, it's, right. it's pretty much everybody is doing that. That it's People are, like, kind of hanging out after E3 and just going to, um, going to alien con from L.A. to Pasadena. Um, that is going to be fun. So if you're in the Pasadena area and there are any passes left, Alien Con. Right. It is based on, for those of you who don't know, uh, the History Channel show Ancient Aliens. So there's a bunch of ufologists. There are uh, folks. So so an understanding of extraterrestrial life and a, you know, a healthy outlook on that is definitely something that's going to be required before attending Alien Con. <laughs> for Alien Con. Right, for Alien Con. Uh, for those of you for whom that is, even that is a little too far out. Um, right, that's a very specialized that's niche. That's a real niche area. There's a, an interesting, uh, there's an interesting exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum of Art mm-hmm. uh, on the roof garden. It is playing now straight through, it's, it's going to be on display, it's a commission that's going to be on display straight through October 28th. Uh, the artist's name is Huma Baba. Mm. And Huma is a sculptor from Karachi, Pakistan. <clears throat> Her work is often described as post-apocalyptic. And this installation is a sparse two-piece commission that continues her theme of dealing with like violence and turmoil through depictions of uh, anthropom- anthropomorphic uh, figures or characters, as she puts it. Um, this particular show is called We Come in Peace, mm. right? It's on the rooftop of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, uh, and it's just those two pieces really sparsely decorated. It's one of the things I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, when they did the installation um, this year, uh, just actually just a couple months ago, the like a week after they did the installation, it snowed, right. and it's like this snow on this alien figure on one side, and then on the other side, there's just another figure, and the way that the snow just made it look otherworldly with the dark sky, just totally worth. Uh, I'm super excited to see that, and then of course, that's playing at the same time, that's running at the same time as the Heavenly Bodies uh, fashion and the Catholic imagination um, exhibit, which was the theme for the Met Gala. Uh, that is playing at the same time. But the Heavenly Bodies exhibit stops on October 8th. We Come in Peace stops on October 28th. Okay, cool. And all those are going on uh, during New York Comic Con in New York City nice. in October. Nice. Are we going? Yes. Okay. We got 
press accommodations. Oh. Because we got a couple of listeners. So we can tell our listeners to come out and meet us? Yes. We should do that. Yeah. We should we should totally do that. There was another supposedly there was supposed to be a meetup of like podcasters. I'm not sure what happened to that, but we'll meet we'll meet our people. Absolutely. And uh and those are all the things that are going on as far as I can recall. Um, okay, so you haven't really been watching much on Netflix. No, I've kind of been focused on... It's summertime. Yeah. I'm okay. really... So this is it. Con season. It's time to hit it. Yeah. So, so are we going to stop doing Netflix for a minute? No, because um, the 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 season finale or the series finale of Sense8 mm-hmm. um, comes out this month. Mm-hmm. And so I'm definitely going to watch that. And okay. so we'll talk about that. Probably on the next show. Alrighty, so this sounds like a great time to take a this break. This is it. We'll take a break. Uh, take you a might break. even take some medicine. Perhaps. I'm not going to take any medicine. Ready to become a leader? Enroll in Army ROTC. You could get a full tuition scholarship, and you'll graduate a leader and an officer in the U.S. Army. Army officers inspire strength in others. To receive more information about the Army ROTC program, visit GoArmy.com slash podcast today. Paid for by the United States Army. Audiobooks are a great sidekick for summer activities like hiking, sunbathing on the beach, running, road tripping, and enjoying all types of summer outdoor activities like gardening, like I do. That's true. And one book I'm listening to right now is Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. It is. This is a novel that presents a future American society where books are outlawed and firemen burn any that are found. That's a nightmare. Audible helps you listen to Fahrenheit 451 and a host of other books by letting you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. That's so true. And I love that I can listen on my phone at work, in my car, during my commute home, and switch to any Amazon Echo while we're cooking dinner as a family. You can get through tons of books hands-free while doing almost anything. So go to audible.com slash SFG or text SFG to 500-500. That's five zero. 500 to get started on that summer book you can't wait to get into. So the science, the science news portion of the program. Science news. Um. So, uh, so before we get into the uh, the top three stories. Uh, we want to update you guys on a story that we've sort of been following for a while. Yeah, we've been following for a while. In the past couple of shows, we haven't really... Yeah, followed. we haven't updated. Yes, and um, someone reminded me of that the other day, so shout out to my personal Facebook family again Yes, for keeping me um, on track with um, stuff. So there you go. And that is, of course, Hurricane Maria and its impact on the island of Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And, and for those of you who are just joining us and don't know Daryl and I, are not from Puerto Rico. We just it's just one of our favorite vacation spots. Right. We 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 it's an, we have a love for the island like mm-hmm. many 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 Americans do. And um it's our it's our happy place. Yes, it really is. San Juan. One of, oh, one of our happy places on earth. Mm-hmm. And the rainforest and San yep. Juan and we just love we love Puerto Rico. So that's why we follow it personally. Um, so uh, and we uh, give updates. So here you go. Yep. So one update that had been uh, that has happened is that the death toll 
So we were really sad, of course, about looking at the storm, look at that at the storm and its impact on the island, and the fact that it took out a large part of the power grid. That in and of itself was bad. Then we found out that people were dying. Well, what's come out since then, over the past week or so, is that the estimates of that death toll were wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And so there there was a Harvard study that updated. Uh, the the figures and people have been kind of rolling with a number that is not entirely accurate. Right. So that number, the Harvard study released numbers indicating that 4,645 people died in Puerto Rico as a result of the hurricane. But the Harvard study took an approach that sort of needs to be explained. Um, and here's where it gets complicated. The, okay. the researchers surveyed a random sample of 3,299 households. Okay. Representing just under 9,600 people, so about 9,500 people. They obtained answers from about 93% of those people. Now, the survey participant identified 38 people who died after the hurricane through December. Of that number, three died directly from medical complications, illness, or trauma because of the hurricane, and 12 died because of the interruption of medical services in the aftermath. The other 23 deaths were reported to be unrelated to the storm. From that base of survey data, the researchers extrapolated to the whole island. So basically, they took that sample size, and they came up with a range of excess deaths, 793 on the low end to 8,498 on the high end, mm. with a 95% confidence interval at that 46, 45 numbers, which is right in the middle. Right. right. So that's simply the midpoint, and it's no more or less valid than any other number in the range. Yeah. Right? Mm. But there have been other surveys. Right. Uh, the New York Times calculated that 1,052 deaths uh, through October. The Center for Investigative Reporting calculated 985 through October. Mm -hmm. The University of Puerto Rico calculated 822. And their 95% confidence range was between 605 and 1039. Penn State University professors calculated excess deaths of about 500 in September with a total of 1085 in the same pattern held in October, right? So and and then finally, there's a Latino USA uh, analysis using updated data from Puerto Rico's Department of Health, mm-hmm. which calculates just under 1,200 excess deaths between September and October. So, the number to really watch in all this okay. is just about a thousand, right. which, by the way, is still 15 times higher than what the estimate was, mm-hmm. the original estimate was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to it's important to, to sort of keep this. To, to look at the actual numbers, right? Because this is already an emotional story. Um, so. But to run off with numbers that aren't exactly accurate doesn't really help. It, the reason for that is, is that we need to know why people died, right? right? And right. so if people die because of uh, interruption in medical care and medical service, you, you kind of need to know that. Right. Versus people who, like, drowned or, you know, yeah, or, like, or, or yeah, stranded. Yeah, it definitely matters, like... The details, so that yep. we can, yeah, absolutely. So I think that that's the cause of death, absolutely. right? So, so the cause of death on this, so that so the number's still way too high, and mm-hmm. I still stand firm that this is something that's that's a that's an American tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I think that people were making this forty six forty five number; they were holding it up because that number is higher than the people who died on nine eleven, mm-hmm. um, and that makes it you know a, a lot more of a dramatic number, mm-hmm. um, you know. But but if it's not the right number, then the point's not really being made. Right. Um, and so I think that that's something that we should still f- uh, focus on. 
it's hurricane season coming up on us again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have not heard a lot of solid suggestions as to how we're going to prevent should the, should a storm turn that way again. Yeah. Um, but we should know that the number to really look at is between 1,000 and 1,200, 1,500 on the high end <sighs> on deaths, which is still a, an awful lot for Puerto Rico. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot for anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's just very reminiscent of Katrina yeah. for me. Um, I remember the feelings of despair that we all had as citizens looking at what happened in New Orleans. Um, I think that this is New Orleans 2.0. Yeah, definitely. And we would think that, um, we, we always hoped that um, something like that didn't happen again, and here it is happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just speechless at this point. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I just feel like... Um, you know, Puerto Ricans and the Puerto Rican government should not have to prove their worthiness for help from the United States. Right. And I feel like that is such an egregious um, just commentary on where we are today yeah. um, in our government. And, um, you know, and similarly to people of New Orleans, similarly to people of Flint, you know, similarly to people of any natural disaster, like, we should have our shit together by now. Yeah. Like, we should have our shit so together by now that other countries should be looking at us like we want to be, um, you know, natural disaster responsive like the United States. Exactly. And that is not the case. So this is just like, you know, like, it's, it's, it's just sh- it's shameful where we are right now with this. Um, and, you know, people lose their lives in natural disasters. That happens. Yeah. And that's tragic enough. So yeah. we know, like, there are things in life we can't help. We yeah. can't help when people get, you know, get sick. Yeah. Like, we can't, you know, you know, um, you know, um, uh, not fatally sick, but you know what I'm saying. Um, what's mm-hmm. the word? Um, terminally Yeah, sick. terminally ill. Yeah. Terminally ill. Mm-hmm. We can't help that. You yeah. know, whether it's cancer, whether it's some other rare disease like we can't help that yeah, we've and had friends that die from the flu yeah and that's tragic enough yeah. in life so we have to deal with those realities we have to deal with the realities of accidents plane accidents car accidents like these are things that we're like okay that is fucking tragic but it happened yes right? but now we're talking about so we're not talking about there was a hurricane and a tree fell and uncle jimmy died right that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about there was a hurricane People, maybe 100 people died from the hurricane, maybe, or 50 people died from the actual natural. And I'm just throwing these numbers out. This right, is not, it could this be a thousand people. It's not attached to anything specifically. Right. But like 50 people died from the actual hurricane, right? right? You know, somebody didn't evacuate or the flood water. Okay, so, so somebody died from the actual hurricane. The storm itself. The storm itself. Yeah. That's tragic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But now the conditions that are created by the responsiveness of said storms. Or, or lack said, thereof. Or lack thereof. Right. That is tragic, and yeah. we should be ashamed of ourselves. And that's all I have to say about that. Like, yeah. that's just, there's nothing else to say. Like, and it, we, are, we are in America. We have the funds. No one should be dying because of the aftermath right. of, these, of these storms. And the aftermath like, is sort of the key, just, right? Like, even with, with Texas... Like, right. the money and the assistance came after the fact. Right. But we knew the storm was coming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, at this point, at this point overall, I'm looking at 
kind of like an umbrella you know, thing yeah. when it comes to the country. Yeah. It's just like, at this point, and it doesn't matter political, you know, I'm not trying to politicize this, but right. it doesn't matter the political party. At this point, this should be unacceptable to all of us as yeah. Americans that we are not one of the, we're not where we want to be when it comes to responsiveness and taking care of our people post-storm. Sure. Like, and, and, and the Sandy, like there are people that are, there. I was reading something that there are people who are just starting to catch their breath after Sandy. That's like, crazy. that is insane. That's crazy. And when I say catch my, their breath, I'm talking about, you know, like, uh, the, you know, a lot of people had, you know, had setbacks financially. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, like, there was a lot of details to that. So there are people who are looking around just now and saying, whew, like, okay, that's that's pretty much over. And, but that's and New Jersey. And that's New Jersey. So this is, right. this is, this is, this is, this right. is the entire country yeah. and it's just not you know and we were just in St. Kitts right which had also had a huge storm right. a crazy storm and they were rebuilding right. sort of the same way yeah so it, yeah. this is something that just no matter where you are we've got to do better yeah. and um you know what is the point in having the most advanced military on the planet if you're not able to take some of those resources Right. And applied it to uh, protecting people in the first place. Right. I imagine this is why a lot of, well, not a lot, um, when the science fiction stories are told about the future, they're always dome cities. Yeah. Or elevated cities to yeah. some to some degree. Um, because somewhere, someone had the idea, well, we, let's protect the people first. Right. And then, right. And then we'll work on flying cars and, and, and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, it's just, I, I you know... You know, and how many thoughts and prayers can you send? Um, you can send a lot of thoughts and prayers, but the issue is eventually you're going to need to roll your sleeves up and, and fix some stuff. That's exactly right. You know, you know thoughts and prayers, fantastic. Uh, boats and planks. Yeah. <laughs> and steel, more so. So, well, there's that. We'll update more as this as this comes, uh, but that's our update on Hurricane Maria and the island of Puerto Rico. And here are... Love, love to you, Puerto Rico. Love to Puerto Rico, always. The Here are the top three stories from SciFiGeneration.com. SciFiGeneration.com Okay, I think you just... Okay. All right. We're going to... We'll roll with that. That's the that's the new that's the new transition. We'll do that. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> number. I'm just gonna roll like it's fine. Number three. Uh, this story, uh, the number three most popular story since the last time we spoke to you, good folks, is a story entitled First Three D Printed Human Corneas." <laughs> the first human corneas have been three D printed by scientists at Newcastle University in the United Kingdom. That's what's up. Right? It means the technique could be used in the future to ensure an unlimited supply of corneas. Uh, and to make that clear, that's the outermost layer of the human eye. Is that the part that makes you see? Like, that's the part that, has, uh, that helps you focus. That helps you focus. Oh, right? nice. So 3D printed corneas today. That's what's up. I'm so excited for our grandkids. Right? They'll have, like, perfect... There's going to be so many things that they're going to be... So many things. I can add that to my short story. 
You can. Right? Right? Yeah, I think I the will. The corneas? The corneas. I'm going to add that. There you go. Yeah. Um, this is important, folks, because there's like, um, there are like diseases like trachoma, trachoma, which is an infectious eye disorder where it's, you get that infection underneath your eyelid. Yeah, yeah. That affects your corneas in a really bad way. So if you can reprint it, you can kind of. That's what's up. That's what's up. So that is so that was super popular and that blew my mind. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love that. That's so, amazing. And that's the, number, that's the third. That's the number three most popular. Yeah, definitely. Shout out Newcastle University. You guys are doing your thing. Yeah, they are. Send me a pair. Fucking around with their research as a backup. They're like we're researchers. We're doing <laughs> shit. We are printing <laughs> corneas. Right. Love it. Number two is a piece entitled "In Praise of Doing Nothing." By Simon Gottschalk. Hell yeah, this sounds right up my goddamn alley. <laughs> Today, right? Read on, brother. <laughs> um, so the point of this, this piece is, with the rise of technology and distractions, uh, this is a great study in favor of uh, mindfulness and reducing the distraction of the things around you, technology, social media, um, multitasking, and, and, and those type of things. Simon has written this piece that, um, that really raised a good case for not focusing on those distractions. Cool. In praise of doing nothing. The number one most popular, <laughs> most popular story since we spoke to you the people last is a story entitled Fleet of Autonomous Boats Could Service Cities to Reduce Road Traffic. Really? Researchers from MIT's Computer Science I and Artificial... I know some road rage people right now. Who, who, who I'm... Need to have the keys taken from them. How about that? Really? Yeah, really. Uh, so, folks, uh, researchers at uh, MIT's Computer Science and AI Laboratory, um, CSAIL, and the Sensible City Lab in the Department of Urban Cities and Planning have taken a step forward towards the future by designing a fleet of auto, on, auto, autonomous boats, basically self-driving boats, uh, that offer high maneuverability and precise control. So it's not just like the cruise boats, right? Like you can steer and you can go around and avoid crashing into other people. Um, the boats can also be rapidly 3D printed using a low-cost low 3D printer. Cool. So you can mass-produce autonomous boats. Ooh. I'm actually with that. And that was number one. That was number one. Wow. Well, it's summertime. Summer, summer, right? summertime. And people always get Sitting out on boats on and don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that's true. Right? They're Especially, all... what, is, what is our lake here? We have a local lake. Norman. Lake Norman. Right there. No, you know, I have to say, like, we have one news story per year. Every like, year somebody that, that gets out rock. there. But, at, but largely, it's a relatively safe lake. At least that's what I've heard by my friends who go there. I don't go there because I don't go outside except <laughs> to the pool to read the books. I haven't been on that. Lake Norman in about three years. Yeah. Um, there was a reggae party that I didn't get tickets for and it got sold out. Oh, yeah. I procrastinated. Well, next time. Yeah, next time we'll do it. Gotcha. Other than that, that's it. Or we can just build 3D print an autonomous boat. The only thing that can get me boat. to go to Lake Norman is like... Is a reggae? A reggae party. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll throw... Reggae Central. Shout out, girl. Maybe we'll uh, build the autonomous boat. Take it on out. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in the house and watch Netflix. Netflix. You can catch up. Finish watching The Crown. Hey, yes. Will you finish watching The Crown already? Like, how Will long you get is this show? Out of my Netflix business. I'm just saying. You, I think you need to get up out of let's my Let's just Netflix get it going. It's between me and the listeners what I watch. Okay. You mind your. I'm you just saying, it's taking a while. On Netflix. Let's 
Okay. I'm in the middle of watching a true crime documentary right now. Oh, that's right. Okay. So then, okay. The okay. Staircase. Okay. So, okay. Me and my Netflix situation is up to me and my people. That's true. Mind your business. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying. You all up in my Netflix queue. But we share a Netflix queue. You all up in my Netflix queue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go without cold medicine, folks. Without cold medicine. I have cold medicine. It's gin. The gins. That new St. George's brand of uh, cold medicine. There you go. Are you you reading the label for what? What are you? Look, I'm gonna go on to the next. I'm topic. gonna read. No, I'm gonna read the the beautiful text that they put for St. George's. Is it like a Jay Peterman story? Yeah. Listen. Okay. St. George Spirits, a symphony of flavor composed of 19 different botanical ingredients working in concert. Our intricate recipe and skillful distillation combine to create a bright, beautiful spirit that is lush, floral, spicy, and earthy all at the same time, making this your preferred gin on its own or in cocktails of any stripe. I prefer it on its own. Okay. Um, and how could you read this and not feel like it's medicinal? That's what my thing is. Well, the, the packaging looks medicinal. It's gorgeous. It's like an old school medicine I'm going to email them. We'll holler at you. Tell them how happy Enjoy. they made me. There you go. So this, this is the worst transition of the entire 19 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna start. I, see, I should have had alcohol in the beginning, right? Because I felt so, I felt so terrible, so sick. But in but the I break, think what's gonna happen mm-hmm. is that I'm gonna do like drunk history, and I'm just going to drink. You for can't every just, w- you can't just do that. Like Why there's, not? like there's facts I, well, when we with first this. Start, well, no, it's still drunk history is still facts. Yeah. Is it? It's kind of so. drunk history. It's kind of it's, it's literally like a misinterpretation. No, of... no, no. You don't you don't watch the show like I do. So okay. Drunk history is they give you historical facts and you get drunk, and you you recite them drunk. So it's like I don't know. Like if I was reciting the history of um, Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong Un, <laughs> like I would be like, and then like because I'm I'm tipsy, so it'd okay. be like Kim. Like Dennis Rodman went over to Kim Jong Un and said, "Yo, what's up, dude?" You know, it's like okay. It's just, so it's the embellished. It's the embellishment on top of the, of the true of the, story, okay. of the true historical story. All right, fair yeah. enough. Fair yeah, enough. That's all it is. Okay. But but you're drunk. The point is that you're drunk and you're telling a story of, okay. hist- of, of something that happened in history. Okay. I like the show. There you go. It's on Comedy Central. It's been going on for years. Where have you been? I have not been watching as much Comedy Central. I don't watch Comedy Central. I watch Drunk You just watch that show. Yeah. I like It's on Hulu. I watch it. I like it. Okay. You should check it out. Is Roy Wood... Does Roy Wood ever do... Do you know know better than to ask me names? I'm asking because recently... You've been married to me for 17 years. That's true. There was some comic. Yes. I can walk past... If if it's not President Obama, Oprah, or Michelle Obama, like, I don't know who these people are. Particularly Oprah. I think you could walk by... No, I would never walk past Oprah. No, I'm saying Oprah, you would would know. Right, you would. I right. would my, my spidey senses would tingle, and I would sense. You, the also, the security back. detail would be a bit of a tip off. Yeah. Anyway. And our president, President Barack Obama, I would know him. 
You would, would also the security I would detail. Know, I would know Michelle. You would also the security. I would barely yes. know the kids. Also the security. The I would know Gail. Secret Service is serious. I would know Gail. You would. I would recognize Gail. You would. But anybody else, really, I just, you know. All right. I asked about Roy Wood Jr. because recently I've, um, I don't know what took me so long to follow him. Okay. Um, on who, Twitter. Who is this person? He's a comedian. Okay. Com- he's been on Comedy Central. I think he's, uh, he still does spots on The Daily Show. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I know Trevor Noah. There you go. I mean, I know him, know him. You would recognize I Trevor Noah. I think I would Noah, recognize sure. Trevor Noah. I think. There you go. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. I think he would recognize me. He, he probably would. He'd be like, Mongo! Right. Is that you? <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, you're fine. Yeah, it's me. So now our South African listeners are just like, I don't understand. Was that <laughs> supposed to be us? Was that? <laughs> is that? I'm sorry if I've insulted my brothers and sisters in South Africa. It's bad enough of most Americans make South try. Africans sound like Australians, but you just gave them. What did I give them? I don't know. You gave them like Jamaican, like hard, angry Jamaican. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. That's yes, all right. South Africans are extremely friendly. Yes. Yeah. No okay. anger. Okay. One love. <laughs> One love, South Africa. One love. What's next? So anyway, um, so the final thing of the day, we sort of we sort of talked about it earlier, um, but let's expand on it a little bit. Uh, and that was when we talked about Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Yes. So those uh, suicides were brought depression and suicide back to the central conversation because uh, they were really big uh, and famous people. Right. And so one of the questions that we've seen um, is, is how do you either predict this or is there a way to prevent it? Um, and so that question that comes up in anybody's conversation, I think whether a person's famous or not, and who is going to die by suicide? And this is a mystery of human behavior that that takes on particular poignance when, uh, in the wake of suicides of celebrities. And so it's only natural that people want to know why such tragedies occur. Um, those closest um, to those who take their lives are often tormented, wondering if there's something they could have or should have done or known to prevent their loved one's suicide. Uh, Joseph Franklin is a scientist at the University of South Florida um, who has focused on this question for the past 10 years. And in that 10 years, he has learned that he has no better idea of who is or who isn't going to die by suicides. And neither do any other suicide experts, psychiatrists, or physicians. The sum of the research on suicide shows that it does not matter how long you've known someone or how much you know about them. In fact, his research shows that we can only predict who is going to die by suicide slightly more accurately than random guessing. Mm. Right, so this isn't something that you can say mm-hmm. that like, oh well, obviously these type of people, this is going to happen to them. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. The fact that suicide is so hard to predict, unfortunately, it took about fifty years for most scientists to even appreciate the mm-hmm. fact that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's really the essence of science, though, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like knowing that knowing what we don't know is really the base of it. Now, of course, there are a little bit, there are some advances. We've talked about AI and, and machine learning a lot on the show. Um, one method of recognition that came widespread a few years ago is applying machine learning. We found that machine learning may be able to predict who is going to attempt or die by suicide with an up to 90% ac- accuracy, mm. right? But it's still about the information that you feed into 
that mm-hmm. algorithm um, determines what's going to um, what's going to come out. The style of thinking, whereas you need to, as humans, we love explanations, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that we love explanations that have two qualities. First, the explanation should be simple, meaning that they involve one or a smaller number of things. For example, depression is a simple explanation for suicide. Right. Um, second, the explanation should be determinate, meaning that there's one set of explanation that accounts for all or most of something. But this style of thinking is terrible for helping us understand nature. It right. simply does not work. Right. And this is because nature is not simple and it's not determinate. No, it's not. In recent de- decades, scientists have come to recognize that nearly everything from physics to biology to human behavior is complex and indeterminate. In other words, a very large number of things combined in a complex way are needed to explain most things. And there's no set recipe for most physical, biological, or behavioral phenomena. One important thing to keep in mind is that there isn't and will never be a single algorithm or recipe for suicide prediction. There are statistics that show people who attempt suicides are at high risk of, of, of repeating the action, right? And so if people who had attempted suicide had better access in their communities to integrated psychological, social, and psychiatric interventions, the number of the attempted suicides may be reduced. A growing body of research shows that integrating these three services, the psychological, the social, and the psychiatric intervention, are best for reducing suicide risks. Empathy, though, Mm -hmm. is a really important element that is not discussed enough. So I've talked about a lot of science, Mm -hmm. but the balance to, to all of this is, is the empathy to what people are going through. The conditions in which we live our lives are super, super important. So things that we dismiss on a regular basis may affect someone that suffers from depression in a totally different way. Like what? Negativity, Mm -hmm. anger, just everything being down. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you are in that type of environment, it's very difficult for a person suffering from depression to get out of it. Mm Right, and so for us, we may think that discussing it and keeping that going is fine, and it's just entertainment, and you you kind of move on. But for somebody who can't get out of it, that's like a living hell. Mm-hmm. Add to the equation if someone was a drug user or an alcoholic. I think we talked about this recently. Um, you add that to the equation, and doubly so, mm-hmm. right? Because where some people can be like, okay, we're joking today, right, about you um, with the gin, mm-hmm. um, but for some, but for somebody. That's not an option. Right. So how do you escape? Mm -hmm. Empathy for people in that situation is critical. Mm -hmm. And we're in, I've heard lots and lots of social context on that society is too sensitive Mm -hmm. to things. Mm -hmm. There are people for whom it's not about hypersensitivity. It's about understanding that they're navigating this world a little bit different than the rest of us. Mm doesn't mean it's special or, you know what I mean, or, or slow or anything like that, but it does mean that politeness applied across the world mm-hmm. or across most people that you meet, um, is it, it does have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that this three-pronged approach, the psychological, the social, and the psychiatric, we can't just say we'll wait for the psychiatric community to come in and, and come up with one 
uh, formula that's going to fix this. And this spills into other things that we've discussed in the past, gun violence and other, uh, other type of violence. There isn't one solution because there are multiple layers because people are complex. Mm -hmm. The human brain doesn't work like, it uh, just doesn't work like that. Well, you just fix this and then people stop doing that. You, you may, maybe fixing that one thing will help, but then there's something else, and then there's something else. Um, so it doesn't help those of us who've been left behind by people who have taken their lives by suicide, but hopefully this will start you to, the listener, and maybe even two of us as well, to research a little bit more about what are, what is, the, what is life like mm -hmm. for people who suffer from depression? What is life, like, how can I either enhance that life how can I, you know, how can I help? And I think that, so that was a lot of good information. And this is personal for me. Yeah. I've known a couple of people in my life who have chosen to take their lives. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have my own story as it pertains to anxiety and, and depression. Yep. So I ponder these things often. Um, and I think that I have a lot of different thought processes about, like, the, like the the collective thought that we see on social media as it pertains to, to mental health. Mm. I think that it's a little bit of everything. I think everyone is right. I think that it is empathy. I think that it is kindness. I think that it is, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's all those things that everyone is saying, but I, what I don't hear people talk about is that I think that that's a lot to ask of people who love people who are suffering from depression. I know that I um, have noticed that we don't talk a lot about the caretakers of people who are suffering from mental illness. Really good point. And the caretakers of the people, you know, one one detail about the Kate Spade uh, situation for me was how her sister, mm. you know, I honed in on her sister and how her sister checked in on her. And my, you know, my energy of healing really goes out to her sister. So everybody who has mental health issues has that one person who has become that person's caretaker. Sure. sure. And um, there is um, a point, I think, that as a person with mental health um, um, challenges that I have faced and I like to believe that I've overcome largely, most, most largely, but I've also been the recipi recipient of um, being a caretaker of someone with mental health. Right. And I think that there, it's a very hard place to be. And um, there's, there's, this, there's this space of acceptance that I don't think people talk about where it's like, okay, this person might take their life. And I've got to come to a place in my life where um, I, I've got to, I have to accept that that's their decision. Mm -hmm. Because you can't be with a person twenty four hours a day. That's true. You just can't. You have to trust that person not, to live. Right, and you can't. You can't be in their heads. Mm -hmm. And to your point about what you just shared, I think that we don't. We 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 assign depression, um, but I think another another word for depression is pain. Hmm. And I've been really thinking about that a lot lately. Like, a lot of people are in pain. Mm -hmm. And when people are using drugs and they are drinking too much and sometimes exercising too much and sometimes in eating too much, yeah. like, all these extreme levels of behavior, people are trying to deaden some type of pain largely mm -hmm. and usually. And my question always is, 
what pain did these people have that we that we couldn't fix, that we couldn't cure, that they made a decision to take their own lives. Mm. I, you know, like that. There's, there's, there. Anthony Bourdain, um, you know, is a recovering addict. What pain was was in? What pain was he dealing with? What pain was he trying to deal with in his addiction? Yeah. Same thing with Kate. Kate was dealing with some issues, and they said that she was drinking a lot. Mm. What are you trying? What pain are you trying? What emotional and psychological pain are you trying to deaden? Mm. And I think that that is what we should be focusing on with people, as in, in saying, well, they're sensitive and they're this and they're that. Like the, the the question that we need to be asking ourselves is what what pain are you? What do you? What pain are you dealing with? Right. You know, the other thing that I noticed, and I know that people of all ages um, choose to take their own lives, sure. but in this particular um, frame of reference, I'll be talking about middle-aged people. Mm-hmm. When you look at Robin Williams, when you look at Kate Spade, when you look at um, Anthony Bourdain, and you know, like I said, you and I have said, I I could I could bring Prince into this conversation. Mm. Um, that's debatable, and that's a whole nother show. Yeah, that's but I yeah. my theory is that. Prince was trying to get himself out of pain as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also there's the pain of aging that people don't talk about. Yeah. You know, there's physical pain associated with aging. Yeah. There's psychological pain associated with, with, with aging. You know, um, you're not as relevant um, anymore to society. And I think that we don't talk about that pain. Um, children, you know, empty nesters. People are leaving home. Yeah. You know, your kids are leaving home. A lot of people are, you know, looking at their partners that they've raised their kids with and they barely know each other. <laughs> Do they even yeah. like each other? Right. Like, these are real issues, yeah. you know. Men deal with um, low low sexual drive mm-hmm. at that age that we don't talk about. Men deal with depression. Men deal with aging issues. The, the, the noticeable issues, the graying hair, the pot bellies, the overweight, the losing weight, like all these things are contributors to what can cause a, per, cause a person different levels of pain. Right. And I think that if we're going to have an authentic conversation about depression, about anxiety, about mental health, then we have to deal with that. The other thing about aging that I think people don't pay attention to is that, you know, you're looking back on an entire life. When you're 50, you're looking back on at least 30 years of decisions. Yeah. And not everybody has good made good decisions. Mm. Not everybody is a good dad. Not everybody is a good mom. Not everybody is a good grandparent. Not everybody is a good person. And so sometimes when you get older, you look back on that. Yeah. And, and, and the shame that people deal with is something that needs to be discussed. Like, you know, this Me Too movement... You know, there are people, men, women, who we don't know about, know doggone well that they've, you know, hurt people, you know, made bad decisions. Like, they, you know, are, you know, what are they dealing? What happens to those people? And so, um, you know, and and I'm, I'm, I am clearly not saying that, you know, I don't know anything about Anthony or Robin Williams or Prince to say that they... You know, did anything obscure? I'm, I'm not saying that. Well, at Prince, all. we know had physical pain, had like a lot of it. Right. Yeah. What type of pain? So I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. you know a lot of people deal with pain, and you know, and when you, when you get older, you look back on your harvest. Yes. And if your kids don't talk to you, 
um, those are contributing factors, right? Yep. Um, if you if you didn't commit to therapy, like truly commit, you know, like what are you dealing with at fifty, at sixty? Yeah. You know, you know, there is also the the, the truth of hey, I don't have a lot more time left on this earth. That's just the science of it. To get it right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, sure, 50 more years, we would hope, but that's just not the science of it, yes. you know? And so that's a, that's that's that anxiety of death in and of itself can be debilitating for some people. So I think that um, there's a lot of layers. I would agree with the scientists that you can't predict who is going to make the decision to take their life. But I do think that it is important that we have an authentic conversation about it because at the end of the day, we have to figure out where the pain is. They said that about 45,000 people per year in America kill themselves, yeah. right? So our goal as American citizens is to reduce that, you know, and to keep reducing it. Right. I, do not believe that there will never they, we don't we don't I don't think we'll ever get to zero because at the end of the day sometimes people just decide. don't want to be here anymore right they decide to die and that is hard and it is harsh and it is tragic and it gives us pain but at the end of the day since the beginning of time there are going to be people who have who are, who have you know who have made the decision for whatever reason, and I wonder, you know, ultimately, is it any of our business? You know, I mean, some in, in some know. cases that's true. It's it's none of our business, but um, it is our business because we love them, right? And we, you know, and when it's somebody big like a Kate, like a Robin, like a like a um, Anthony, you know, when it's someone, when it, when it's people who are big, and all these people have impacted our lives. Like yeah. these were not people that, you know, you know, like these are people who had you know, global impact. Right. And so that's, that makes it difficult. Yeah. But I think that in order, to, like I said, in order to have a more authentic conversation about depression, about suicide, about, um, you know, about all these things, I think that we have to really look at what is causing, where, where does it hurt? You know, like when we were, when we were little, and if you had someone that cared for you, right. they'd say that's how they would ask. The kid fall down, you know the kid is fine. Mm -hmm. You know that you know that that child, that three year old is fine. Mm -hmm. But you say, where does it hurt? And then they point to wherever on their they body. They point to their knee, even though they their fell on their knee. arm. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so you kiss both. Right. I mean, but we do need to ask ourselves, you know, like where, you know, ask, you know, where our loved ones, like where, where, where are they hurting? Because that's really. The, the, the depression pain point. But isn't that a larger question? And I think that it's something that comes up in therapy, right? Like getting to know what your pain points are um, psychologically so that you can, you know, you can address them if you can. Right. Um, but I think that ties back to the conditions um, in which people live, mm -hmm. right? If you live in conditions where whether, and when I say live, it could be your household, mm -hmm. right? It could be a small one-bedroom apartment, or it could be the town that you were raised in. If you're in a supportive environment where people are generally concerned about your well-being and what you do and what you're eating and, well, and, mean, and I, where you I, are, I, I, those I, questions I, are going to get asked. But I have issue with that because mm -hmm. I think that we're assuming 
that that is what can keep someone from committing suicide. No, I'm I'm not I, saying that actually. And okay, I'm, I'm actually sorry, I actually agree with the conclusion that the that the that the professor's research came to is that just one thing is not going to do it. No, like we don't know. Like, because like, you can. What I'm saying Kate, is that you can grow Kate up with that kind of support yeah, and Kate, still decide. Yeah. Yes. Kay essentially told her sister, right. like I am going. Like when I die, I know you don't like funerals. Right. But I would know, you come to mind? Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what 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 is her sister supposed to do? Right. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, there are people that that care, but you know, but at the end of the day, I just think, and the other the other collective thought process that's going around, and I think these these are people who mean well, mm-hmm. but we have to keep educating people on on depression and mm-hmm. on and because I think that this idea that if you're depressed to call someone. I've called people when I was depressed. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I have. Yeah. I have. I have called people. And the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, I've called people and people have told me to exercise. Yeah. You know, I have called people and people have told me to pray. You know, I have called people and I've called people and people said, let me call you back. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that's, that's heavy, though. That's not their fault, but that right. is the truth. Yeah. I have called people and they said, "Let me call you back." I don't hear from them. Yeah. You know, I have called people and I tell you know and I and and, and because I'm not gonna call you, I'm not gonna pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I'm feeling really depressed. I think I'm gonna kill myself today." Right. That's not the conversation when people who are depressed reach out. Right. And I think that we have to educate people and understand that, you know, this this idea mm-hmm. of reaching out, just pick up the phone and call somebody. Like it just a depressive mind doesn't work like that. Right. A depressive mind is, hey. What's up? What you doing? Right. That's it. You know, or hey girl, what you doing? You know, or whatever. And and no, I'm not blaming the person on the other end because the person on the other end probably has their shit going on. But here's the thing: the depressive person knows that you have shit going on. Right. That's why they don't call in the first place. Right. You know, like I know you got kids. I know you got a husband. I know you're running back and forth to soccer. You don't have time for this. Right. So we know that. So so in when we reach out. Like, that's huge. But how is the person on the other line to know that you're thinking about checking out? They don't. So people aren't going, largely, people aren't going to reach out. But the people that do, mm-hmm. this is where, I, you know, the collective thought of the, the suicide hotline. The people that, there are people that call that suicide hotline. Of course, yeah. Because, because I'm not going to reach out to you because I know you're running around with the kids and you're running around with, with, you know, your life and your life is busy. There are people who are more apt to reach out to a stranger yeah. And tell them the truth. Yeah. Then they are people that they know. And so I think that we have to keep pushing these collective thoughts forward mm-hmm. so that we can talk about them and talk about them and talk about them. Because if we can save two lives, four lives, eight lives, ten lives, you know, and just keep multiplying, like that's important. You know, postpartum depression, which was huge for me after yeah. the baby, right? Yeah. yeah. Our baby, our fourteen-year-old baby, like it was huge for me <laughs> mm-hmm. after he was born, and, I, and someone else, my sister, identified it, mm-hmm. and she was the one that said, "Hey, I think that this is what's going on with you." And at first, I was just like, "You know, bitch, yeah. not me, not nah. right." You know, and that's, but the not me thing is the other side to this, right? I did not believe in depression. You didn't. Like I really was just like, you people are 
We, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Just, I, mean, I mean, speak on it because right. it's the truth. Those are the yep. thoughts that we've had. And, like, and white women are only people that get it. Like, that's the stuff that I do seriously. We can't afford right. We can, right. to be depressed. Right. Is really where my mindset was. Yeah. Um, and when you're in sort of a survival mindset and you think that you're living, but you're really just surviving, mm-hmm. um, you don't believe that depression is something that you have time for. Mm-hmm. And so you're like living through an asthma attack. Yeah. Right? And yeah. you're just like, uh, no, I'm good. You need this pump? No, I'm good. So you can get people checking on you. Yeah. Right? Like, I love like I love the energy behind check on people. Yeah. Right? But the reality of it is, if you have, there are people who have 1.2 million friends on Twitter. Right. Like, how many people are you checking on? Yeah. You know what I mean? So the reality of the, of the situation is, is that many of us don't believe that depression. We'll say it all day, but we don't believe it. And like most people, I didn't understand it until it was made clear. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes when you're when you're walking through and you've had you've been having an asthma attack for three days, Mm -hmm. you don't know until someone gives you the pump (laughs) and suddenly you could breathe better. Yeah. Well, that's people who have taken um, an anti a low dose antidepressant. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I mean? Now they can you know, they can see things like, wow, wait, whoa. Right. This was something that was affecting me that was slowing me down. Um, Will Wheaton did a piece on on Medium uh, this week that I think nails it. Mm -hmm. And he was speaking to a group. It's just a transcript of Mm -hmm. of his speech. Um, And it really nails that experience Mm -hmm. that most of us are not willing to have. Yeah. That I did not know that this was a thing. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going through the thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now that you understand that you're going through the thing, what are you going to do? Right. Right? So... Those who survive, mm-hmm. because they were fighting to survive. There, yes, there are people who give up, and mm-hmm. and and the tragic end for some of these stories are, and then they hung themselves, or yeah. then they, mm-hmm. or then they died. But then there are people who are fighting to live mm-hmm. through depression, mm-hmm. through uh, through anxiety, mm-hmm. and we're not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, one of the most dismissive things we're doing now, besides thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm is promising to have this discussion about mental health as a society. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have that discussion Mm-mm. because we don't believe that it's a real thing mm-hmm. because our heroes don't have it. Mm-hmm. Or so we were thought to believe, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way someone in power, there's no one, someone with great influence is ever doubting themselves. Right, and also the, the, the whole conversation on mental health starts to resurface when there's another shooting. Right. Right, so when someone, sh- when, a, when a young uh, youth of America shoots up, a school, oh, right. it's, it's mental health. Right. And I'm like, so that's, that's when we talk about it. And then they tell the kids what's been happening lately is they tell the kids, the survivors of such a heinous crime, right. well, maybe if you guys were nicer. And it's just that that speaks to the ignorance of what you understand depression and, and depression is. Well, that's what I mean by the conditions. Or mental health issues are. Right. So, so we have a lot of, we have a lot of educating to do. We are at the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, when these things happen and it gets pushed back to page six and then page 12. Right. And then something else happens and we talk about it again. Well, well, the, 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 the use of the word education, I want to challenge, mm-hmm. honestly, because I think that that's one of the things that keeps people away. Mm-hmm. Right. But millions of people have iPhones. Mm-hmm. Millions of people have Apple products. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a computer. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can code. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So teaching people 
how something works right. may not be the way to reach masses of people. Okay. Making people understand that this is a thing. Yeah. And it's a part of our society. Yeah. Right? And it's there and it's mm-hmm. in your hand. Mm-hmm. To, we get that. Mm-hmm. Right? Americans get that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is in your hand. Like, when you crack your screen, no one knows how to, f- how to fix that damn screen. Right. You take it someplace and it gets done. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right. your cousin. Right. Right? I think that that's the, the thing to do with it. It looks like a complex issue because it is a complex issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, um, you know, the professor's research really goes into. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, it's not just one thing that you do that fixes this. Um, this is where science meets society. Right. Right? And, and as we've seen hundreds of times in conversations, mm-hmm. when you try to bring the complex nature of the universe to someone in its complicated form, they shut down. Mm-hmm. When you break it down into something really, 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 really simple and apply and, and applicable, like love, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like compassion for humanity, mm-hmm. um, it, it works. Right. Right? Now, you know, there are religions that are sort of based on that yeah. and then we get lost in the weeds of the religions yes but the rules are you have to go through this tunnel and then you have to clap yeah. three times and then, yeah, okay but it, isn't that the core of each one of these things right, right? some way to, to take the, the, the massive complexity of the universe and explain, it to, and explain it to everyone I believe that we can do the same thing with people mm-hmm. and the more you do that the more you actually break through to more people not with your message mm-hmm. not with your brand mm-hmm. but with human to human right everyone complains about how disconnected everyone is and they're and they're looking through uh their phones mm-hmm. and and things like that but these are also devices that can connect us absolutely and maybe i'm just hoping really hard, but I think that millennials and, and Gen Z have picked up the torch from us in that in that regard. I agree, and with that, I'll mm-hmm. share that. Um, so the, here's just a couple of things because we're running out of time. Yeah, we're coming up on the end. So I just wanted to share a couple of things about um, just bringing the conversation to a more authentic place. Mm-hmm. So speaking of being able to use our devices, there's a um, resource uh, talk space. Um, you have to pay for it. So um, if you can afford it, you can go to Talkspace if you need someone to talk to. Yep. Yeah, you can text and talk to your uh, counselors, hashtag no ad. That's no ad. But I do know someone at my uh, job who confided with me that they um, uh, have used it, and it's been extremely helpful. Hmm. Um, also, if you are looking to reach out to a counselor, a lot of people work and have EPA lines. Yes. Um, and that's something that's extremely underutilized. Uh, you can reach out to someone um, on your... Uh, a lot of people think that what they... They fear that if they reach out on their corporate on their corporate EPA line that their boss is going to find out. Yeah. That, it, it, I, that doesn't happen. At least I've never heard stories of that happening. The people who I've recommended that to, what, they, what winds up happening is they have like six to eight sessions mm-hmm. that are free. And then from there you get a referral. I have yet to hear of anyone that's gotten fired from that. I don't want to, I can't swear by that, guys. But if you have an EPA line, a lot of times that's very, very, very underutilized. Mm. Um, Good you, point. Yeah, people who are working um, private and, um, you know, state and federal, you have a mental health line that you can tap into. Yeah, I've had that um, at a few companies. Yeah, it's extremely, it's extremely, it's extremely an underutilized tool. Mm. Um, they have, you know, a lot of people have health programs that'll help you lose weight. 
Um, it'll help you, um, you know, just a lot of different things. So check your um, health benefits at work. Um, dig in the crates because there's some, some, some tools there that you might be overlooking. And it doesn't matter. Like you could be working at McDonald's and there, there's the EPA line. Good point. So it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to be in a, in a major corporation in the, in the C-suite to have these, to have this access. Like you could be in a call center, you could be at McDonald's, you could be, you know, you could be just, you know, a regular manager. Like this is something that you have, right. you know, at your disposal. Right. So I just wanted to really, really stress digging in the crates with your um you know what you already are paying for at if you if you're at work mm. if you are paying for obamacare there's mental health um uh, clinics that will take that as well oh you really could, yeah you okay. can look into that as well um if you are on medicaid um, there are sliding scale clinics that you can go to if you are on Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So you can reach out and um, call your Medicaid office. They will send you to the right places. Um, your doctor, you can go to your medical doctor and they'll give you a referral. Mm -hmm. So I think that these are things that people don't realize that they have. Right. And, 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 I, and I also want to stress, you don't have to be suicidal, guys. Like, don't wait until you get to that point. Right, like, right. if you are dealing with an asshole boss, like, that is stressful. Yeah. So reach out and get some help. You know, if you are dealing with marital issues, doesn't mean you, you know... Oh, this God, idea like, that, you have to, that you have to suffer through it is, yeah, is really stupid. Yeah, you don't have to suffer through it. If you just lost a job and you're freaking stressed out about paying the rent and the bills, you should be. And so there are places that are that, that offer sliding scales where you can see someone just to, like, vent, vent it out, you know? So don't, you know, like, these life stressors are important. And if you think about them as, like, every time you're dealing with a life trauma or a life stress, the death of someone these things like it's like somebody knocking you on your head you know right right you know right. except except it, <laughs> it hits your heart right yeah it hits your heart it hits your mental stability so like you know don't wait until like the weight of the world makes you feel like you know oh my god like i'm so exhausted you know don't wait until that point like take your take your hits seriously yeah they're very serious things so um, we're did you, you did you have anything else you wanted to add? Because no, 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 okay. no. I just wanted to yeah. Go ahead. So I'm going to um, sign off with the um, of course the suicide prevention hotline, mm -hmm. and so because I think that that is um, something I, I saw a lot of testimonies this week where that really helped people. So I want to leave that with you guys. I want you to be well, but please, if you are under any type of stress. And I'm not going to say if you if you feel like you're going to commit suicide, call somebody. Right. Because that's like the extreme. Like, yeah. I, I am talking about preventive measures. If you are going through a divorce, if your kids just left home, mm -hmm. if you are dealing with chronic pain, yeah. if you just lost your job, if you are dealing with an asshole boss, if you are, if you are moving, which they say is a huge stressor, yeah. if you are switching jobs, even if it's a good thing, it could be stressful. If, you know, your kids drove you crazy this school year. I mean, if you're, if you're a stay-at-home mom and, you know, you just feel completely overwhelmed. If you are a woman who just had a baby and you are feeling out of sorts and you're wondering if it's postpartum but you're not sure or you might be a little bit too proud or whatever the situation is. Like, all of these things are things that you um, have a right to reach out. Right. If you're a stay-at-home mom and your hub and your husband works, like you have access to that EPA line as well because it's for families. So, 
Um, for those of you who are at that moment and you feel like, you know, I want to check out the Suicide Prevention Lifeline is uh, 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. You know, we're asking you guys to hang on. Just hang on one more day, you know, take a deep breath, hang on, hang on one more day, um, reach out to the suicide prevention hotline. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Reach out to your EPA. And I think it's EPA, right? I think it's EPA. I don't want to be saying EPA hotline is wrong. It's like, because y'all know I be messing up. <laughs> but y'all know what I'm saying. And if I say it wrong, please have a good time, Bob. Right, 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 right.